what up, booze? Guess what? <laughs> we have an opportunity for you to win a ghost hose mug. Ghost hose mug? I love drinking beverages out of mugs. <laughs> like tea or coffee. You could even put hot cider in there. Ooh, I do like hot cider. So this isn't hard to do. All we're asking you guys to do is to leave a review on iTunes for us. And when you do that, send us an email at theghosthose at gmail.com. And then at the end of Ghost Hover, we will pick some random people to get a Ghost Hose mug. Everybody wins. We get reviews. You get some merch. So leave those reviews. Please and thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye, booze. Bye-bye, booze. We're back. We're still in Ghosttober. We're still haunted as fuck up in here. It's so haunted, especially in my house. Yeah, you just had like something spooky happen to you right this. It really fucking freaked me. Yeah, I saw how concerned you were. (laughs) It was bad, but it's fine. Pretty sure it's the shitty neighbors. Yeah, you know those loud ass neighbors. Yeah, making sounds in your own house. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So having a blast. Let's hear about some spooky news. Oh, what? oh no, we I skipped. He <laughs> skipped anything spooky, which is, you know, it's fine. Yes. I mean, you had something spooky just literally happen in front of my face. like. So I'll quickly recap that, and then okay. I have another thing. Okay. So I think it was while we were recording, but mm-hmm. I heard like a, like a weird creaking sound from my kitchen. Yeah. Or it could have been my bathroom. I don't know. But I had to take my headphones out and like just listen again to see if it was actually something. But good news, no one has walked through my doorway yet, so it's not a burglar. Not that I have anything to steal. It's probably just a new ghost, because it's a new sound. So welcome, (laughs) ghost, to my home. I hope you like it. But last week, when we were recording, it was right after we finished. I was putting my laptop away, and I thought what I was hearing was the cord, because it was plugged in, Mm -hmm. was the cord rubbing against the wall but what i realized is i had already unplugged the cord so like i thought it was moving with my laptop (laughs) Uh as i was moving my laptop what was rubbing against your wall that's not what it was and it like (laughs) and i even looked over to see it move Mm -hmm. while i was hearing it the sound was still happening Mm-mm. But I, but there was no cord. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? It's, it was right next to my ear. But then it just stopped. And then it was over. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the basement. Do I go back upstairs and sleep in the, like, upstairs living room? Or do I just fucking stay down here, suck it up, <laughs> and just do it? So I sucked it up. I put yeah. the TV on. I put on some Seinfeld because that's my mindless sleep television and uh i was fine so yay hooray you told the ghost not today (laughs) motherfucker not today i don't have time for this i need my sleep i have work in the morning unless you want to take over my job (laughs) oh wouldn't that be nice if ghosts were like i'm bored can i do some of your work god yes fuck yeah ghost (laughs) i will teach you the ways right that would be 
oh man, I could be so much more effective. Oh, that's what right? I need. I need ghost interns. Hmm. All Let's right. I have a that. plan. I need a Ouija board. <laughs> oh my God. Real quick. Did you see that giant Ouija board that I posted yes! that's in Salem? It's amazing. Yes. I like you can summon it. extra big fat ghosts. Yes. Big old giant ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I fucking Come love it. Come to me. Unless the spooky news with Q. <laughs> uh, so did anything spooky happen to you? Uh, I'm just not. Okay. Uh, well, mm. <laughs> I love your sounds. <laughs> I just want, so Beth, oh, no. this is what's going to happen. You're going to take that and you're just going to loop it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not good at that. Yeah, no. So I, I guess it's not really spooky, but I think my seamstress died. Oh my god. I had to go to a gala like last year. So I need to get this dress taken in so I could be all fancy and like fit in with a bunch of rich people. So I found a local seamstress here in the town I live in and she has she lived in this cute old house. She's like, yeah, this is one of the original houses from when this town was first founded. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell. It's pretty neat. Um, and she's like telling me all these stories. Like she was a talker. She was a uh, an old lady talker, like, oh yeah, I, I, I didn't think I, you know, my my sister went to, um, she got a degree in fashion or something, I don't know, and she just stayed at home. She got married and she sewed for her kids and stuff. But then uh, w- after she got a divorce, uh, somebody was like, why don't you sew for money? And she's like, but I'm not good. I didn't go to school for that. And they're like, but you're actually good. So mm-hmm. she's like, oh, well, I guess I'll try. I think she her first job was at Navy Pier, like making costumes for like the performers. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> and she met Prince at one point. Oh, wow. And, yeah, no, she has like had a crazy life. But like I was driving by her, her house slash business just yesterday and like everything was dark and the sign was down and like there was nothing inside so i'm like uh-oh oh. what happened to ruthie so that's kind of sad but not yeah. spooky but also just sad uh i hate well. that time happens to everyone i refuse but Stop. you know what celebrate that you knew her and uh-huh. she was awesome and kick ass mm-hmm. and i yeah. like that I mean, not that she died. Well, that's really neat. Yeah. And sad if she did die. But yes. Again, she sounds like she had an amazing life. Mm-hmm. Got more amazing after the divorce. <laughs> Typically does. I feel like that's a, a, a thing that happens. Yeah. People, like, stop holding back. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I get to live my own life now? What? Wait, I'm my own person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... Now. It's time for a spooky news. <laughs> now we can get to the spooky news queue. <laughs> I should really get some fucking tunes for this. I think I even downloaded some. I just haven't picked anything. Whatever. Who cares? Breaking. Or, what? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry to, or to break what? up your breaking. No, no. No, it's fine. I'll do it again. It's fine. What if our listeners send in their own boop 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 boops? <laughs> oh yeah, yes. Please do your own boop a doop a doops, and we'll air them on the yeah. show. Yeah, fill my boops. <laughs> okay, Connie, what's breaking? Okay. Oh, did we introduce ourselves? Oh shit, shit no, bitch. This we is did not. <laughs> this is I'm cute. Wow. <laughs> wow! 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 If we have any listeners still. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyone out there we're so sorry thanks for staying mm-hmm. so. anyway this is the ghost hose i'm cotty i'm q wow we know how to introduce ourselves maybe we'll just slash this up and put it in the beginning who nope. knows nope, nope it's staying nope. like this nope. i refuse all right cool <laughs> they know tell- what we are this is just how it is it's fine oh wow all right cool all right cool yeah yeah all right back to the news bam Breaking news cue. Ghosts, they're more popular than you think. According to a market research group, one poll, more than 60% of people admit to having seen a ghost in their lifetime. And more than 40% think that their pets have seen a ghost too. So, but yes, this is the most recent poll I could find on the subject. And that bumps up the long established average that used to sit around 45% of the population believing in ghosts. So we did it, booze. We have broke the 50% threshold. Congratulations, everyone. Seeing ghosts is more normal than not. Burr, 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 burr. That's exciting. Confetti, 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 confetti. Yeah, I want cannon noises. Bam, fireworks. Oh, man. Sorry, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) Kazoo sound. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I can't. I don't know why I did this. This is a trombone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a tiny trombone. <laughs> but I like that. It's like yeah, it, it's like the world's tiniest trombone. Okay. Yeah. Um, some other numbers from the study. Um, women are 20% more likely to believe in ghosts, but men are twice as likely to scream and run away from a ghost. I believe this. Yes. I want to start an official petition to change the phrase screaming like a little girl to screaming like a full-grown man yes let's do it they can't handle it bam that's the spooky news and i'm sticking to it Ooh, i love it it's a good one <laughs> i'm having so much fun <laughs> hey girl you gonna tell me a word you gonna give me some knowledge up in my brain space because i'm so damn dumb i could oh. learn a new word or two this week's word is oh shit i didn't practice how to say it Uh it's another phobia which i i really am enjoying i kind of want to turn this into q's phobias (laughs) a thazagoraphobia yes i think that's how you say it okay so so like agoraphobia but it's a thousand times worst (laughs) because it's a thaza a thaza a thazagoraphobia (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no fear of being forgotten oh. or ignored or forgetting so it's like kind of oh, a that is packed mm-hmm. phobia there yeah there's a lot in that phobia yeah it feels like that's probably a pretty common phobia I mean, oh yeah man. i think so i also just realized this website i used spelled forgotten wrong <laughs> <laughs> instead of the en at the end it's mm-hmm. o-n but I thought this was a good word to use because ghosts, I'm sure, feel forgotten or ignored, which is why they bang on walls and scream and do all sorts of shit to try to get our attention. Mm-hmm. You can't forget me, bitch. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me. And that is this week's 
Paranormal. I don't even know that it's paranormal. It's just my I mean, word of the week. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that that fear is like has a. It's tied into a lot of like oh, I'm a, like just being afraid of death, and mm-hmm. death is like spooky, and oh no. So it's it kind of fits. Yeah, it's related. Well, you want to start on our uh, our topic for today, which is creepy pasta. <laughs> Creepy pasta. <laughs> um, Look, y'all, we do our best to bring you as many real stories as we can. Yes. We prefer genuine accounts, um, but sometimes there's no satisfying end or tidy explanation. Mm-hmm. And damn it, sometimes fiction is satisfying. So, um, oh, yeah. To set the spooky mood for the approaching holiday, exactly. here are some probably entirely fictional accounts. Or are they? Bum, bum, these are probably made up, but maybe they're not. Who knows? Most yeah. of these are fictional. but Or are they? Or based on some truth. <laughs> Definitely after doing this made me realize why I cannot read creepypasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I picked out, like I was thinking like should I do some silly and some creepy but i'm like you know what? i'm just gonna go lean into the creepy so i didn't yeah, pick out so i didn't did I. pick out really ridiculous like and then a skeleton popped out my <laughs> Man computer ho- tried to eat me yeah <laughs> like, like i didn't do any video game ones <laughs> so even lavender town oh the lavender town syndrome oh, and i didn't touch on that one but you know Mm-mm-mm. who Q was to start sleeping tonight yeah um perfect so this first story I have is called Mr. Widemouth. It's written by Perfect Circle 35. <laughs> so good band, begins. good band. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're big fans of that band. During my childhood, my family was like a drop of water in a vast river, never remaining in one location for long. Okay, I lied about it. I should probably <laughs> cut this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We're very poetic. All of, you know what? We're just gonna we're just doing it. Fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. fine. It's fine. <laughs> we settled in Rhode Island when I was eight, and there we remained until I went to college in Colorado Springs. Most of my memories are rooted in Rhode Island, but there are fragments in the attic of my brain which belong to the various homes where we had lived when I was much younger. Most of these memories are unclear and pointless. But there is one set of memories which remain as clear as glass, as though they were made just yesterday. I often whether these memories are simply lucid dreams produced by uh, the long sickness I experienced that spring, but in my heart, I know they are real. We were living in a house just outside the bustling metropolis of New Vineyard, Maine, population 643. So that was a sarcastic bustling metropolis. Okay, cool. All right, so the house was a large structure, especially for a family of three. There were a number of rooms I didn't see in the five months we resided there. In some ways, it was a waste of space, but it was the only house on the market at the time, at least within an hour's commute to my father's place of work. The day after my fifth birthday, attended by my parents alone, which is sad as fuck, I came down with a fever. The doctor said I had mono... Oh my God, I had mono. I can't say the actual Mm -hmm. word. (laughs) That one. Had, the doctor said I had mono, which meant no rough play and 
more fever for at least another three weeks. It was horrible timing to be bedridden. We were in the process of packing our things to move to Pennsylvania, and most of my things were already packed away in boxes, leaving my room barren, which is sad as fuck. My God, this poor kid. My mother brought me ginger ale and books several times a day, and these served the function of being my primary form of entertainment for the next few weeks. I don't exactly recall how I met Mr. Widemouth. I think it was about a week after I was diagnosed with mono. My first memory of the small creature was asking him if he had a name. He told me to call him Mr. Widemouth because his mouth was large. In fact, everything about him was large in comparison to his body. His head, his eyes, his crooked ears, but his mouth was by far the largest. You look kind of like a Furby, I said as he flipped through one of my books. Mr. Widemouth stopped and gave me a puzzled look. Furby? What's a Furby? He asked. I shrugged. You know, the toy. The little robot with the big ears. You can pet them and feed them? Almost like a real pet. Oh, Mr. Widemouth resumed his activity. You don't need one of those. They aren't the same thing as having a real friend. I remember Mr. Widemouth disappearing every time my mother stopped by to check on me. I lay under the bed, he later explained. I don't want your parents to see me because I'm afraid they won't let us play anymore. God. <laughs> like a fucking creep. <laughs> we didn't do much during those first few days. Mr. Widemouth just looked at my books, fascinated by the stories and pictures they contained. The third or fourth morning after I met him, he greeted me with a large smile on his face. I have a new game we can play, he said. I hate this. <laughs> we have to wait until after your mother comes to check on you because she can't see us play. It's a secret game. Alarm oh, bells, God. alarm bells, yeah. red flags, red flags, games. red flags, yeah. <laughs> secret games are never good. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. After my mother delivered more books and soda at the usual time, Mr. Widemouth slipped out from under the bed and tugged at my hand. We have to go to the room at the end of this hallway, he said. I objected at first, as my parents had forbidden me to leave my bed without their permission, but Mr. Widemouth persisted until I gave in. The room in question had no furniture or wallpaper. Its only distinguishing feature was a window opposite the doorway. Mr. Widemouth darted across the room and gave the window a firm push, flinging it open. He then beckoned me to look out to the ground below. We were on the second story of the house, but it was on a hill, and at this angle the drop was farther than the two stories due to the incline. I like to pray, play pretend up here, Mr. Widemouth explained. I pretend there's a big soft trampoline below this window, and I jump. If you pretend hard enough, you bounce back up like a feather. I want you to try. I was a five-year-old with a fever, so only a hint of skepticism darted through my thoughts as I looked down and considered the possibility. It's a long drop, I said. But that's part of the fun. It wouldn't be fun if it was only a short drop. If it were that way, you may as well just bounce on a real trampoline. I toyed with the idea, picturing myself falling through the air only to bounce back to the window on something unseen by human eyes. But I responded, maybe some other time. I don't know if I have enough imagination. I could get hurt. Mr. Widemouth's face contorted into a smile, a sm not a smile, a snarl, <laughs> the opposite of a smile. <laughs> Mr. Widemouth's face contorted into a snarl, but only for a moment. Anger gave way to disappointment. If you say so, he said. He spent the rest of the day under my bed, quiet as a mouse. The following morning, Mr. Widemouth arrived holding a small box. I want to teach you how to juggle, he said. 
There's some things you can use to practice before I start giving you lessons. I looked in the box, and it was full of knives. I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) Aw, Mr. Widemouth. Yeah. I'll be spanked and grounded for a year! So, Mr. Widemouth is like, it's fun to juggle with these. I want you to try it. I pushed the box away. I can't. I'll get in trouble. Knives aren't safe to just throw in the air. Okay, goody two-shoes, McGee. Mr. Widemouth's frown deepened into a scowl. He took the box of knives and slid under my bed, very ominously, and like a fucking creep. He remained there the rest of the day. I began to wonder how often he was under me. Like a fucking creep. I, I started having trouble sleeping after that. Mr. Widemouth often woke me up at night saying he put a real trampoline underneath the window. A big one. One that I couldn't see in the dark. I always declined and tried to go back to sleep. But Mr. Widemouth persisted. Sometimes he stayed by my side until early morning, encouraging me to jump. He wasn't so fun to play with anymore. My mother came to me one morning and told me I had her permission to walk around outside. She thought the fresh air would be good for me. Mr. Widemouth was waiting for me. I have something I want you to see, he said. I followed him to the beginning of a deer trail which ran through the woods behind the house. This is an important path, he explained. I have a lot of friends about your age. When they're ready, I took them down this path to a special place. You aren't ready yet, but one day I hope to take you there. I returned to the house, wondering what kind of place lay beyond the trail. Two weeks after I met Mr. Widemouth, the last of our things had been packed into a moving truck, and I sat in the cab of that truck, sitting next to my father for the long drive to Pennsylvania. I considered telling Mr. Widemouth that I would be leaving, but even at five years old, I was beginning to suspect that perhaps the creature's intentions were not to my benefit, despite what he said otherwise. For this reason, I decided to keep my departure a secret. My father and I were in the truck at 4 a.m. I opened my eyes as we backed out of the driveway. I saw Mr. Widemouth's silhouette in my bedroom window. He stood motionless until the truck was about to turn on the main road. He gave a pitiful little wave goodbye with a steak knife in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I didn't wave back. Years later, I returned to New Vineyard. The piece of land where our house stood was empty except for the foundation as the house burned down a few years after my family left. Out of curiosity, I followed the deer trail that Mr. Widemouth had shown me. Part of me expected him to jump out from behind a tree and scared the living bejesus out of me, but I felt that Mr. Widemouth was gone, somehow tied to the house that no longer existed. The trail ended at the New Vineyards Memorial Cemetery. I noticed that many of the tombstones belonged to children. Oh, no. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, so. Long my bad. No, there were definitely parts I could have fucking cut, but I decided not to because no. I am garbage. No. I loved it. I have two <laughs> problems with the story. Uh, yeah? <laughs> what problems do you have? How uh-huh. long was this kid sick for? Like, why is he still sick? Mono lasts for a long time. Actually, if he had mono, he should not have been fine after two weeks. Really? I didn't realize. Yeah. Mono I can... thought it was only a week. Oh, mono can last for, like, months. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense then. And then two, fur- you can't feed your Furby. But you can, like, put things in its mouth and it goes, oh, yum, 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 yum. 
Yeah. Did you ever have a Furby? I did, but I don't remember it doing that. I think it definitely came with like a little spoon for Furby food. Like so you can like press its tongue and stuff and be like, I'm hungry. Because it definitely bitched about being hungry. (laughs) Maybe I do remember that now. Yeah. You definitely... It, you didn't actually give it any food, but right. you, like you didn't poke eat. at its face and go, now you're eating food. And didn't it goes, consume. Okay. Yes. And then it consumes. <laughs> Only consumes your soul. Yes. Oh, my God. Furbies are Fucking the creepy. devil. <laughs> well, cool story. <laughs> um, Thanks. Perfect Circle 35. My creepypasta story is called Sadie. It's written by C.F. Campbell. Watch out for Sadie. What? Watch out for Sadie. She haunts the garage. I searched the face of Carol, the woman who had been training me for the past week, waiting to see her wink or twitch the corners of her mouth into a, a mocking smile. Instead, I received a deadpan stare. Apparently, this was serious business. I don't believe in ghosts, I said. Say what you want, but don't let the door shut on you. We've had some nasty incidents in that area, and we don't fool around in there. She sighed. Oh, never mind. It looks like I'll have to come with you. I can't trust you to take this seriously. I followed Carol down the hall to the garage, quote-unquote. In reality, it was where the office supplies were stored, but it had been a garage once upon a time in the building's past. So the name stuck or so Carol told me. I had applied for the open sales position at the company about a month ago. So he talks about having a hard time finding a job. I'm not going to read all that. (laughs) Okay, so Carol had been extremely friendly to me from the start. The company was housed in an old building with the aforementioned garage attached. The staff was comprised mostly of women, most of them beautiful and stylish, with a handful of male employees. Unfortunately, except for Carol, many of the other employees seemed offended in some way by my casual appearance. In the past, I had... Oh, this is also garbage. I had never (laughs) been the type of girl to worry about brushing my hair or putting on lipstick. I did make an effort for my You don't brush your hair, girl? (laughs) What the f... A lot of people with curly hair don't because it just makes it frizzy. Don't they so, like, comb it though? You, you gotta do something. Typically, will comb it after you wash it, but then after that, you don't do it again until after you've washed it. It's a curly hair thing. Okay. I know. <laughs> Not that everyone, but very some curly alarming. hair people do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. However, my lack of face paint or glitzy ornamentation deterred most from approaching me. Carol, of course, being a free spirit of sorts as well as my trainer did everything she could to raise my spirits. She batted her sooty eyelashes and pursed her lips in dismay when I told her of my fears of being permanently ostracized. Don't you think about those silly girls for a minute, hon. You are here for a reason, and you can go places. Oh, that has nothing to do with the story. Anyway. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not like other girls, okay? Nobody asked if you were like other girls, all right? Let's get to the fucking spooky bullshit. Get to the bullshit. (laughs) This isn't the Twilight series. Not the sexist bullshit, like. (laughs) Okay. So as she marched down the long hall in her startlingly pointed stilettos, 
startlingly, oh my god, I can't talk, starting, startlingly, <laughs> they were starting, her shoes, starting she her was, shoes were super tall, and this is really like a horror story about like how dangerous it is to wear stilettos in the workplace, right, what the, f- what is her job exactly, some office job, who knows, an office job, okay, okay, so I, I couldn't. Not, you don't usually wear stilettos in the office because I guess some people stilettos, do. I mean, they're usually very high and very sharp, and right. Usually, you want to like a one to tops if you're really feeling scandalous. Three inches of heels, right. and stilettos are like starting base at four. My God. But yeah. Anyway, fashion. Fashion aside. I couldn't help but notice that she was glancing back at me and tossing her head in a way that meant something was irritating her. You don't have to come, I said. I don't want you to get hurt, Carol insisted. We arrived at the turn that would take us to the garage. At the end of the shorter hallway was a set of heavy steel doors. They swung inward, revealing rather ordinary, if not dreary-looking, cement floors and walls. On the other side of the room was the door that would have open to let cars or trucks in, and it seemed to have been bolted down permanently. Shelves lined the walls, and I took a quick mental inventory of where things were stored, should I need to come back later. Meanwhile, Carol kicked a doorstop underneath the door to keep it from closing. That's important, she said, giving me a stern look. The doors don't open from the inside, and there's no telling how long you would have to wait for someone to come and get you. As if this wasn't enough, the switch in here is faulty. Sometimes you can't get the lights to turn back on. I nodded to prove that I was taking the ghost of Sadie and the task of closing the garage very seriously. So has anyone seen this Sadie, I asked? Immediately, Carol clasped her hand over her mouth, or over my mouth. The smell of her fruity perfume, Juicy Couture, I found out later, enveloped me. (laughs) She's classy. For, for, uh, for somebody who does not give a fuck about being a girly yeah. girl, she sure knows a lot about being a girly girl. Right? Make up your mind, author. <laughs> you don't ever say her name in here, Carol snapped. After that, it Why was did you pretty... say that before we entered the room? Right? What the fuck? There's something at the end, <gasps> too, that bothers me, but that's okay. Okay, cool. After that, it was pretty routine. Carol showed me where the light switch was on the far wall. She flicked it down, and even with the door open on the other side, I felt a small tingle of fear creep up my spine. What if that door were to shut on us? What if everyone went home and we had to spend the entire night in that supply room, in the dark? I still didn't believe in Sadie, but the fear of being trapped was palpable. During the last hour of the workday, the chance of anyone coming near the garage was slim. That was why we had someone come down to do a last-minute check to make sure the light was off. My co-workers were often careless and left the light on, or so I thought at the time. It turns out the neglecting to turn off the lights was a conscious decision made by many. My co-workers soon warned, uh, warmed to me when they realized that I wasn't afraid of going into the garage to turn off the light before it was time to head home for the day. It became part of my nightly routine. Even though Carol rolled her eyes and told me to stop babying the other women, 
I saw no harm in taking it over since everyone else was superstitious about the supposed entity that lived there. Why is Car- Carol calling the other woman baby? She's also afraid of Satan. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? This is I this know. Car- Carol's characterization in the story is very faulty. I will I have words. Who was this? Who wrote this story? Shamalong and Ding Dong 95? Uh, okay. If I had been honest, I would have admitted to the others that I was noticing strange things about the garage. For the most part, I allowed myself to give natural explanations to every circumstance that spooked me. For instance, on more than one occasion, I would find myself forced to duck as things fell off the shelves above my head. I told my supervisor, who lectured my coworkers about putting supplies back in in an orderly fashion, but they didn't seem keen on heeding her orders. I also noticed in the mornings when I went to turn the light on in the garage the light in the garage on that sometimes I had to flick the switch up and down a few times. It was almost as if it didn't want to turn back on. A silly thought. One night I was turning off the light switch in the garage when I heard a faint scraping noise. Looking over my shoulder, I saw that the door was sliding closed. I must not have secured the doorstop properly. Heart hammering, I darted to the other side of the room and threw my arm out to catch the door. I grunted as the thick steel shut on my arm, but I was able Ow. to wedge the door back open. I slid through and happened to glance up as the door was closing. Something white darted back into the shadows as if it had been trying mm-hmm. to follow me, but didn't want to be seen. I wish that I had been more imaginative, but I was able to convince myself that there was a rat or something in the garage. I reported it to my supervisor, who called an exterminator, but they found no signs of vermin. This didn't bother me much. I had always been the rational type. I was proud of my bravery. I was stupid. <laughs> the incidents yeah. in the, the incidents in the garage happened more frequently, and I finally allowed myself to think of Sadie. Maybe there was something to the superstition that my coworkers had. The garage was undoubtedly an unlucky place to be. Carol twisted her ankle that winter when she was fetching printer paper. And while that could be chalked up to Carol's dubious footwear choices, haha, another woman named Monique was hit on the head by a falling carton of envelopes. She needed stitches. Those are some fucking heavy what envelopes. The fucking- <laughs> Jesus. Um, kind of, it was a, a carton it of have, envelopes. I know. I'm like, is it like the, the huge? Like yeah, a, like a, a ton, a metric fuck ton of envelopes <laughs> that we kept on the top shelf for God knows right. what reason, just for ghost fucking reasons. Like, yeah, this will make funny. Sadie pleased. She can knock this over on some poor hapless person. <laughs> the sales department also seemed to have a high turnover rate. Every other week, we had someone leaving who needed to be replaced. These incidents worried me a little bit, but not enough to cause me any genuine fear. I was doing great at selling, and my supervisor was talking about cross-training me in other departments. Then after the new year had come and gone, I received proof of the warnings that Carol had given me when I was first hired. I was caught off guard, I'll admit, because my coworkers had taken over the task of closing the garage for two weeks while I trained in the accounting department. I didn't think about the doorstop much. I just kicked it idly as I walked in, not noticing how close to the edge of the door it was. I turned off the light and simultaneously heard a familiar scraping noise. I was too late to react this time. 
The door snapped shut behind me. My world world became total darkness. Uh Uh-oh. Yup. I went to flick the light back on. Nothing. Mm Mm-mm. My mouth went dry, and I tried not to panic. Maybe Maybe someone would come by. I hadn't told anyone I was closing the garage, so it was likely that someone else would come down to take care of it. I only had to wait a few minutes. Something cold fluttered against the back of my legs. With a yelp, I jumped forward and banged into a shelf. A box crashed behind me, and it sounded heavy. I had to be careful. If I hit my head and no one came by, I might not be found for hours. I tried to explain away the thing that had touched me. Rats. It had to be rats. The exterminators weren't looking in the right place when they investigated. I missed you. What the fuck? That voice whispering into my ear. How can I describe it? Gravely, as though it hadn't been used for decades. And slightly muffled. I'm sorry, I didn't do it like that, but whatever. Um, (laughs) You gotta not use your voice for decades. Right? As if the speaker uh... were... Talking and with then, a scarf around and, their face, so I and then they a scarf. cover your face like yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. Who are you, Carol? This isn't funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely Carol. Right? Definitely, she's not Carol, there. who's like fucking terrified of this. You wouldn't this hear garage. Carol coming from a mile away. Clack 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 clack. Uh huh. Especially yeah. with her twisted ankle now. Yeah, yeah. You mean, I mean, clack, thump, clack, right. thump, clack, <laughs> thump. <laughs> I stepped backward and squinted in vain, trying to see who was in there with me. Not Carol. Oh, my God. My <laughs> heart went into my throat. I suddenly recalled that Carol had told me last year, or what Carol had told me last year. She had mentioned all the nasty incidents that happened in this garage. I had never thought to ask about them. I couldn't breathe. Stop it, I whispered. Stop it right now. I don't know why she's whispering. I'd be screaming. Come into the Just dark. like a man. <laughs> Come into the darkness with me. Come into the damp and dark. It's nice. If Carol Which had... in the dark. I know, right? Also, I don't like the damp. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Number one, I'm already in the dark with you. You're whispering right next to me, wherever the (laughs) fuck you are. If Carol hadn't opened the garage door then, I'm not sure what would have happened to me. Suddenly, the blinding light of the hallway was pouring in. I recall abruptly being face-to-face with two dark holes set deep into taut and colorless skin, and the terrible, inhumanely wide grin inches from my nose. I also got the impression of long, stringy black hair. I had always thought ghosts were transparent, but this one seemed very solid. At that moment, I had a horrible feeling that she wished to consume me. But Carol oh, had God. <laughs> right. But Carol had the back of my shirt in her fist, and even as Sadie lunged, jaws snapping with a horrified clacking noise, Carol dragged me out of that hellish place. She yanked the door shut behind us, and we and we collapsed, gasping on the floor. I'm so bad at reading out loud. This is awful. I'm so sorry. <sighs> it's almost done. My eyes were glued to the gap beneath the door, where pale fingers with long and cracked nails 
scrabbled manly, uh, madly, not manly, madly for a few moments, and then retreated. Perhaps I was seeing things, but they looked as though they were fading, like smoke dispersing through the air. Basically, I'm not going to read the rest because this is a lot, but she quits, finds a new job. She doesn't, uh, and then I sleep with the lights on in my apartment now, and I don't go out at night. I know Sadie has been in that garage for a long time, but I can't help feeling that she wanted to follow me. Sometimes when I step out of a room, I imagine, or I think that I do, the sound of her scraping those long fingernails down the walls. Occasionally, I find that the objects I place on my kitchen table have fallen to the floor while my back was turned. I might just be psyching myself out. If Sadie did follow me home, why would she be taking so long to finish me off? Maybe she's just waiting for me to turn off the lights. And that's so, the end. So, number one with that story. <laughs> why did they, why do they even store anything in that fucking haunted garage? I know. And I bet like, Sadie's not actually a ghost. She's probably just like a, a creepy woman living in the fucking walls. Right? <laughs> this woman just lives in there. She got and locked in a losing, long time they ago. they keep losing employees? No. Like, there's just a murderer living in their walls, and they're all just... They're being real weird about it. <laughs> Move your office. What what kind of business is this? Uh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Good story, though. <laughs> Thanks, C.F. Campbell. All right. All right, so this uh, next one, this one's much shorter for me. So this one's called Gateway of the Mind, written by Anonymous. Blah, 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 blah. All right. In 1983, a team of deeply pious scientists conducted a radical experiment in an undisclosed facility. Scientists had theorized that that a human without access to any senses or ways to perceive stimuli would be able to perceive the presence of God. They believed that the five senses clouded our awareness of eternity, and without them, a human could establish contact with God by thought. An elderly man who claimed to have nothing left to live for was the only test subject to volunteer. To purge him of all his senses, the scientists performed a complex operation in which every sensory nerve connected to the brain was surgically severed. Although the test subject retained full muscular function, he could not see, hear, taste, smell, or feel. Which seems fucking impossible, but whatever, we're going with the story. (laughs) Uh, With no possible way to communicate or even sense the outside world, he was alone with his thoughts. Scientists monitored him as he spoke aloud about his state of mind in jumbled, slurred sentences that he couldn't hear. After four days, the man claimed to be hearing hushed, unintelligible voices in his head. Assuming it was the onset of psychosis, even though they were trying to get him to talk to God for some reason, the scientists paid little attention to the man's concerns, even though this is what they were trying to induce. Whatever. Make up your mind, scientists. Two days later, the man cried that he could hear his dead wife speaking to him, and he could communicate back. The scientists were intrigued, but they were not convinced until the subject started naming dead relatives of the scientists. He repeated personal information to the scientists that only their dead spouses and parents and relatives would have known. At this point, a sizable portion of the scientists left the study. Which again, why? This is dumb. This is what they want to do. I don't understand why they're so scared. After a week of conversing with the deceased through his thoughts, the subject became distressed, saying the voices were overwhelming. In every waking moment, his consciousness was bombarded by hundreds of voices that refused to leave him alone. He frequently threw himself against the wall, trying to elicit a pain response. He begged scientists for sedatives so he could escape the voices by sleeping. This tactic worked for three days until he started having severe night terrors. 
The subject repeatedly said that he could hear the deceased in his dreams. Only a day later, the subject began to scream and claw at his, at his non-functional eyes, hoping to sense something in the physical world. The historical subject now said the voices of the dead were deafening and hostile, speaking of hell and the end of the world. At one point, he yelled, no heaven, no forgiveness, for five hours straight. He continually begged to be killed, but the scientists were convinced that he was close to establishing contact with God. After another day, the subject could no longer form coherent sentences. Seemingly mad, he started to bite off chunks of the flesh of his arms. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. The scientists rushed into the test chamber and restrained him to a table so he could not hurt himself. After a few hours of being tied down, the subject halted his struggling and screaming. He stared blankly at the ceiling as teardrops silently streaked across his face. For two weeks, the subject had to be manually rehydrated due to the constant crying. Eventually, he turned his head and despite his blindness, made focused eye contact with a scientist for the first time in the study. He whispered, I have spoken with God and he has abandoned us. And then his vital signs stopped. There is no apparent cause of death. It was God. <laughs> it was God. God killed us. Interesting. It's funny, though, because, like, to talk to God in your head, I thought that's, like, what praying is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, but it's not science. <laughs> that's true. They wanted to mutilate an old man. The story is so full of holes. Yeah. But it's also just vaguely creepy because all yeah. science is, you know, especially, like, mutilating science, Ugh. which is... Yeah, the skin chunks, that got me. Okay, this one's called A Walk Home on Halloween. And this is by Alexander McHugh. I had just moved to my current flat in Rains Park, southwest London. That's all I'm going to read from this paragraph because it's a whole lot of their commute to and from work. Basically, sometimes... If they miss a certain train, they have to take a bus and then walk the rest of the way. Oh, tragedy. Um, <laughs> so here we go. I had gotten off the bus at the War Memorial, walked through the village center, and turned onto the Ridgeway. It almost feels like this person was really trying to prove that they know their way around London. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, mm. Suspicious. My phone's battery. Let's they use legitimate, like... English vocabulary, or if it's just like right. American vocabulary. My phone's batteries had died somewhere between Wandsworth and Southfield, so I had to do the walk without music, and this always made the walk seem longer. My usual practice was to walk along and look at the houses, try and guess what people that lived in the houses would be like. Fast car, business types, SUV and toys still in the front yard larger family, that kind of thing. I was playing my game and decided to have a cigarette, so I stopped. I was searching for my lighter and looking around when I noticed that I was not the only one on the street. This was unusual, but hardly alarming. What was strange, however, was that the person wasn't the sort I had grown used to seeing. It was a young lady. She appeared to be drunk or tired, perhaps. I light my cigarette and paused for a second just a quick second to judge if she would be capable of making it home by herself. Or perhaps maybe she would need me to see if I could call someone for her. It was at this point I realized that she was crying. I started to walk over to her and make sure she was all right. Stop. Leave her alone! What are you doing? <laughs> right? 
She stopped walking immediately, frozen. I noticed she was in some sort of Halloween costume, a schoolgirl, in fact. And as I got closer, I began to realize that she was, in fact, around the age of 15, 16. She was, so that's not a costume. She was just a schoolgirl. Yeah, I think that's what was happening. <laughs> she, nice Halloween costume, child. Right? <laughs> well, you're a child dressed like a child. I see. She was deathly white. Her makeup must have been professionally done. Or she had spent an incredibly long time preparing it. I began to decide that perhaps her friends had made fun of her costume and she had run off from whatever party she had been at, drunk and upset. I began to start feeling a bit unnerved when I noticed that she was staring directly at me as I approached. I can assure you that in a city the size of London, we have an unspoken rule of avoiding eye contact. Except you're approaching a crying girl in the street. Of course you're going to stare at you. No one else there. Asshole. Like, oh, jeez. She's breaking the unspoken rule of not looking at me while I'm approaching her as she's crying. Because mm-hmm. clearly her friends are making fun of her. I'm just making all these judgments. I'm not an asshole at all. <laughs> it was at this point I assumed she was under the influence of something other than alcohol. And I decided to be a bit more cautious. I stopped four or five feet away and spoke to her. Are you okay? You seem a little upset. Are you in any sort of trouble? Nothing from her apart from the stare. Have you had a little bit too much to drink? Maybe some smoke? Still nothing. Do you need a taxi home? Do you remember where you live? At this, the girl began to cry again, but this time she was absolutely wailing. I could feel her raw sense of despair. I actually flinched at the sound. It was positively unbearable. She was dancing on the border of hysterics, perhaps even putting one foot along the line to see what would happen. I was stunned. Trying to get you to leave, you creepy Right? <laughs> Stop trying to talk to a teenager on the fucking street. Jesus. I was stunned. I wanted to console her and run in equal measures. I wanted to comfort her and chastise at the same time. For what? I know. Why? Why? All I managed was a meek... Why are you crying? She must have heard me somehow because she began to draw herself back from the edge of what can only be described as a complete breakdown. I hope she kills him. (laughs) She was still uh, heaving and sobbing, but once again, she brought her eyes up to mine and said very softly, Because you're going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Now, I have been unfortunate enough to witness death firsthand on more than one occasion. These events had always left me with a lot to think about, and I, in fact, had come to terms with my own mortality quite early in life. Mm-hmm. It struck me that perhaps, like too many of us had, this young lady had someone quite close to her die recently. Perhaps she was going through the same dark realizations that follow being in the company of death. The same thoughts that can keep children up at night and the pews full at churches. I wanted to let her know that everything would be fine and that death was simply a part of life. All I managed, however, was a slightly incredulous, I know. At this, she seemed, right? Okay. (laughs) At this, she seemed slightly taken back, almost angry. She responded, you're going to die and he is going to kill you. Alarms went off in my head. I began to feel more than a little threatened. I decided right then and there that talking to this girl down from whatever bad high she was on was no longer my responsibility. Yeah, good, go walk away, you fucking creep. Good luck, I said, and with that, turned and began to walk away. 
After about five steps, I quickly looked back to see her still standing there. She put her head down and began to audibly sob again. I quickened my pace and shortly had walked along a natural bend in the road, leaving her out of sight. I had been left agitated. I remember putting my headphones back in my ears and trying to listen to music from my phone, only to remember it was out of power still. I was still two miles away from home. At the pace I was walking, I was confident I could cover the ground in less than 20 minutes. That seems inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, like, at this moment, he feels like the horror in this horror story. And, like, she's, like, that seems like a good defense against people approaching you on the street. Just, like, start crying and right? screaming hysterically and go, you're gonna die. <laughs> He's gonna kill you. You're gonna die. That feels like a good way to get people to yeah, leave the fuck alone. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah, you're just trying to have your own bad day in peace, and then some mm-hmm. asshole comes up to you. Like, will not leave it. Just start screaming and crying. Pro tip. <laughs> No less than two minutes later was when I first heard the shouting. It was a man's voice, and layered within it was an excruciating sense of malice and rage. I'm coming for you. I'm really bad at man voices, so. And screaming. The man screamed. I couldn't quite place where the voice had come from, but it seemed as though he was at some distance behind me, and the same <laughs> on the same road, possibly from where the girl had been. Mm -hmm. I immediately realized that I was to be a victim of some sort of Halloween prank. I didn't, however, slow down. I imagined that this was the point when I was supposed to get scared and begin to run, and I was determined not to play along. Again, the man yelled. At this time, it seemed to come from a significantly closer. I hate you! He bellowed. Same. Right? (laughs) Now the voice had seemed to have come from somewhere quite close behind me. That is to say, at that volume. I would have expected to have seen the man addressing me, but I was still very much alone on the street. I was also walking quite fast, so the person yelling at me must have run quite fast, yet I had not heard any other footsteps. There was obviously more than one prankster, and they had hidden the long points on the street. I quickly decided to be rather a poor sport and cut off the main road down Thornton Road at the Swan Pub. I hate to admit that their practical joke had gotten the better of me, and I did not want to see what they had in store for me next. I had made it to the front of the second house on the street when the terrible voice shouted at me again, You're going to die! This time, the voice seemed to have come from the entrance of the street less than 30 yards away, perhaps one last chance at scaring me before I disappeared into the darker side, the darker side streets. Since these streets were darker, I decided that I would lose no pride in starting to jog down the hill. I knew it was all probably fun and games, but the ferocity of the shouting left me worried that I could, in fact, be dealing with a real maniac. True, it would have been interesting to be part of the most elaborate mugging I had ever heard of, but that voice just left me with the impression of true hatred. I didn't want to meet the person, or people rather, that could mimic and channel such malignant feelings at will. I had made it to the curve where Thornton Road becomes King Avenue, when all of a sudden I heard someone screaming, I will kill you, they shouted. This time, the voice, the same voice that yelled, seemed to be directly to my right. He must have been hidden behind the fence of some house, or perhaps even hidden within the house. I had obviously walked right into their trap. I broke into a sprint at this point, pride be damned. 
I began to run quite fast, then faster straight downhill. At this point, I was actually beginning to panic. My mind was playing terrible tricks on me. It seemed as though the voice was all around me, constantly yelling, constantly screaming. Up ahead was the main road, Whirlpool Road, to be precise, and it was well lit and busy. I could hail a cab and be home in minutes, but the voices, the immensity of their rage was inescapable. I hate you, they screeched. You coward. Die, die, die. (laughs) (laughs) Every second all around me, the adrenaline must have been heightening my every sense. I admit I was scared, and it seemed as though for some reason that terrible voice was booming off every surface on the street. It felt as though I was simultaneously running away and into the mad rage. The words felt like gusts of a terrible hot wind pushing its venomous anger at me. I couldn't take it anymore. The voice seemed to make me share that same intense anger. I thought to myself, am I the one shouting? And I felt like a victim. (laughs) I wanted to kill the people that were playing this mad trick on me. I felt the hatred. Time to die, you coward, they screamed. I hate you. I sound like a a teenager telling their parents (laughs) I hate them. Anyway, I decided I had to give up. In one quick moment, I decided I would stop running as fast as I could and have a cigarette and wait for these people to show themselves. Come what may, I needed answers and a smoke. Okay. This this guy makes all the worst decisions in the fucking universe. I quickly stopped my run and spun around. The car beeped as it raced past exactly where I would have run it to had I not stopped that exact moment. Ah, so smoke saved him life, saved his life. Mm-hmm. I felt also. How did he run so far without? If he's a smoker, I know that was what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make any sense. This whole story doesn't add up. He should be like wheezing right now. I felt his air pocket ruffle the back of my hair as it sped past. In my blind panic, I had run past the sidewalk off the main road and onto the actual road. I had avoided running blindly into the road and being run down by inches. I looked up the road I had come from. Darkness, silence, whoever had been up there was now gone. I light my cigarette and took a few moments to calm down. Smoking had saved my life that day, friends. I went home after that. Oh my god, seriously? (laughs) Is that the moral of the story? Smoking saved his life? That's, I thought that was a joke, but now that's, that's, what a piece of shit. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I went home after that. Nothing more happened to me. But as, as I was standing there trying to calm down working through the panic and adrenaline i seem to remember i felt like i heard a soft whisper perhaps just my imagination i thought i heard a girl's voice softly saying not such a coward after all what the fuck the end all right (laughs) (laughs) you're making my stories not scary i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay I have lots of problems with that story. I know. I didn't like the the main character. You, I don't think main characters are meant to be liked. Well, look, I don't think actual school-age children ever dress up as schoolgirls. <laughs> For Halloween. That's not a thing. So this one uh-uh. is not actually a creepypasta. Yeah, it's, it's a no-sleep Reddit. It's it's way better written than the rest of the stuff we've read today. Yes. At least in my memory. I haven't actually read this today, but I've read it in the past, and it always gave me, ooh, the chills. 
Because the pictures, the pictures. Yeah, that's what's good. So this is, my dead girlfriend keeps messaging me on Facebook. I've got the screenshots. I don't know what to do. That's the name of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Help. (laughs) All right, so Nate begins. Tonight's kind of a catalyst for this post. I just received another message, and it's worse than any of the others. My girlfriend died on the 7th of August, 2012, and this was posted five years ago. So, She was involved in a three-car collision driving home from work when someone ran a red light. She passed away within minutes on the scene. We had been dating for five years at that point. She wasn't big on the idea of marriage, but if she had been, I would have married her within three months of our relationship. She was vibrant, the kind of girl I would choose that, that would choose dare every time. She was happiest when camping, but a total technopho- technophile too? Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. She loved to camp, but she also loved technology. She's right. so great. She had so much. She's She liked this. She always smelled like cinnamon. Okay, yeah, cool. She smelled great too. She's a good girl. GG, <laughs> GG. Good girlfriend. Um, that being said, she wasn't perfect. She always said something along the lines of, if I cark it first, don't just say good things about me. I never like that. If you don't pay me out, you're doing me a disservice. I got so many flaws, and that's just a part of me. So this is for M. The music she said she liked and the music she actually liked were very different. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Her idea of affection was a side hug. She had really long toes like a chimpanzee. I do have an oh, issue what, with that. <laughs> what terrible flaws. Oh my god. I do actually have just... a really weird thing with finger toes. Okay, well I'll keep my finger toes hidden from you. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is tangential, but I don't feel right discussing her without you having an idea of what she was like. On to the meat. M had been dead for approaching 13 months when she first messaged me. So the first message is from September 4th, 2013. So Emily goes, hello. Who is this? It's really weird receiving messages from Emily's account. Question mark, question mark. Okay, well. Well, in the future, please send um, me messages from your account, even if you want to discuss her page. Hello. Susan, you're on Emily's account. He says, this is when it began. I had left Emily's Facebook account activated so I could send her the occasional message, post on her wall, go through her albums. It felt too final and too un-Emily to memorialize it. I'd share access with her mother, Susan, meaning her mother had her login password and had spent a total of approximately three minutes on the website or on a computer total. Um, After a little confusion, I assumed it was her. So the November 16th, 2013. Hello, let's hit up Blank Rail this Sunday. Who the fuck is this? The wheels on the bus. Please tell me who you are. (laughs) So Nathan says, I had received confirmation from Susan that she hadn't logged into M's Facebook since the week of her death. M knew a lot of people, so I instantly assumed this was one of her more tech-savvy friends, fucking with me in the worst possible way. I noticed pretty much immediately that whoever was chatting with me was recycling old messages from N- M and Maya's shared chat history. The wheels on the bus comment was from when we were discussing songs to play on a road trip that never eventuated. Hello happened a million times. Around February 2014, Emily started tagging herself in my photos. I would get notifications for them, 
but the tag would generally always be removed by the time I got to it. The first time I actually caught one, it felt like someone had punched me in the gut. She would tag herself in spaces where it was plausible for her to be, or where she would usually hang out. I've got screenshots of two from April and June. These are the only ones I've caught, so they're a little out of the timeline I'm trying to write out. Around this period of time, I stopped being able to sleep. I was too angry to sleep. She would tag herself in random photos every couple of weeks. The friends who noticed and said something thought it was a fucked up bug. I found out recently that there have been friends who have noticed and didn't say anything. Some of them have removed me from their Facebook friends list. Assholes. At this point, some of you may be wondering, why didn't I just kill my Facebook profile? I wish I had. I did for a little while. On days when I can't get out there, though, it's nice having my friends available to chat. It's nice visiting M's page when the little green circle isn't next to her name. I was already socially reclusive when M was alive. Her death turned me into something pretty close to a hermit. And Facebook and MMOs were, are, my only real social outlet. The photos, like, the first one's just, like, a generic, it looks like it's him. He blacked out his face, so his, he's just sitting on a couch in a normally dim-lit room. And there's the little tag thing is hanging out by the doorway behind him Mm -hmm. but also there's a weird face thing in the doorway notice that let me look at it again yeah i mean obviously that's probably just lights or like a window being weird and creepy oh yeah it's like and it's not like she's not tagged on that weird face in the doorway she's just tagged next to the doorway like she could be standing over there but she's not there's no one there and the other one um is him laying lounging on a, upon a couch i think he has a liquor in his hand or wine something he's got like a drink or something maybe an uh, ex uh, playstation controller and she's tagged right next to him mm-hmm. lounging upon next to him but you know she's not there no one's there so it's a little spooky on uh, march 15th he sent uh m's hacker a message just asking who are you and stuff like that Okay. On March 25th, he received an answer. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. So this is in like, so it's the first hello is at 1.52 p.m., then 2.27 p.m. There's two hellos. And then again at 2.38 p.m. There's a hello. She just won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Mm-mm. And Nathan responds, this is actually devastating. I don't know why you enjoy doing this. Oh, my God cinnamon scented candles go to hell why are you doing this i know it's heartbreaking (laughs) he says it wasn't until i was going after over these logs a few months later that i noticed she was recycling my own words as well my response seems kind of lackluster here i was intentionally providing him or her with emotional bait this is actually devastating to keep them interested in their game i was working off the assumption that the kind of person to do this would be the kind of person that would thrive off the distress of others. I was posting in tech forums looking for ways to track this person, contacting Facebook. I needed to keep them around so I could gather evidence. Before anyone asked, yes, I had changed the password and all security info countless times. On six, the 16th of April, I received this. We should make our own jam. JFC, Samantha, sad face. Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, I did not know that. Nah, different. No chance of passing. No chance of passing. How many? Garage side door. Side. No chance of passing. 
so he's like it this seemed like word salad like all of our conversations so far it's recycled from previous messages she sent so i just want to break in real quick it does make a lot of sense that she'd be doing that because if she doesn't have a physical keyboard to type on she can only use what's available yeah you know like there's all sorts of there's all sorts of ghost hunting equipment that relies on like pulling random sound bites from the radio waves like they can't make their own sounds they can't they can't always do all that so like giving them the opportunity to i don't know this makes sense Mm -hmm. this ghost makes sense in my ghost brain i I agree Ah, this (laughs) makes ghost sense it does make the ghost sense (laughs) on the 29th of april he received another message baked beans on toast i don't know i just said yo ask nathan 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 I don't know what's happening. I don't know how you're still doing this. Please stop. Please stop. I don't know what's happening. Nathan, I don't know what's happening. I hate it. It's so sad. (laughs) Ah! Okay. 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 So... He hasn't discovered any leads. Facebook had told me the locations her page had been accessed from, but since her death, they're all places I can account for. My home, my work, her mom's house, etc. My response here wasn't bait. Yo, asked Nathan, was an in-joke, too lame, worth explaining. But seeing her say it again just absolutely fucking crippled me. My reaction in real life was much less prettier. I'm not expecting my bond back. Her last few messages had started to scare me, but I won't admit it at this point. On the 8th of May, she has a new set of messages from Emily. I, I, negative 12, negative 15. My jumper's in the dryer and it's really cold out, sad face. Really cold out, cold, cold. Nathan, please stop. I, cold, freezing, I don't know what's happening. I hate it. Mm -hmm. So freezing is the first original word she's made. This has given me nightmares that have only started to kick in recently. I keep dreaming that she's in an ice cold car, frozen blue and gray, and I'm standing outside in the warmth, screaming for her to open the door. She doesn't even realize I'm there. Sometimes her legs are outside with me. That's super weird. Yes. So on the 24th of May, he sends her a message because, you know, he's, yeah. He's sad. He's sad. He has a feels. So Nathan says, I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever is on this account, I don't give a fuck. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. Shouldn't I be used to it by now? So it says, Ust, let me walk, but I'm assuming it's meant to be just let me walk. Yeah, but it's a, a typo. creepy typo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he says that he wasn't actually drunk. She wasn't an affectionate girl, and it always embarrassed her to exchange I love yous, cuddle, talk about how much we meant to each other. She was much more comfortable with it when I was boozed up. I got fake drunk a lot. <laughs> Her reply is what prompted me to finally memorialize her page, thinking it might help curb this behavior. It might seem innocuous compared to her previous messages. It's pasted from an old conversation where I was trying to convince her to let me drive her home from a friend's. In the collision, the dashboard had crushed her. 
she was severed in a diagonal line from her right hip to midway down her left thigh. One of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Signs. Remember? Did you see that movie with Mel Gibson? Yeah. Where his yeah, like, the, wife is... His, her, wi- his, her wife, his wife mm-hmm. is pinned to the tree with the car. And yeah, they move the car. She'll definitely die immediately. Right. And, oh, it was super tragic. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We all seen signs. Spoilers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she dies before the movie starts. Yeah, it's not really a spoiler. It's fine. So going back in time, 7th of August, 2012. Uh, these are the logs from the day she died. She was usually at home home from work by 4 30 this alongside with a couple voicemail messages the last time i talked to her under the assumption that she was still alive you'll see why i'm showing you these soon so he says hey you on your way home emily when you see this message please ring me straight away i rang redacted and they said you left at four i'm starting to panic i feel sick in my stomach please ring me emily emily answer your phone and then uh the 1st of July, 2014. Uh, so he had memorialized her page a couple of days after he received the message about walking. Until the, the 1st of July, she'd been quiet. She hadn't even taken herself in photos. But then he received this message from her. Okay. From Emily Blank Memorial. Hey, you on your way home? Emily, when you see this message, please ring me. Straight away. Please stop. I ring redacted. And they said you left at five. I'm starting to panic. Please stop. Cold. Emily. Emily. Answer your phone. I don't know what's happening. Cold. Freezing. All right, so he says, I don't know what to do anymore. Do I kill her memorial page? What if it is her? I want to puke. I don't know what's happening. I just heard a Facebook alert. I'm too afraid to swap windows and check it. Bum. It's like an episode of Black Mirrors. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, but it, so there's more. So he, like, he responds in the thread. So if you look at this user, user's profile, he responds in the thread a bunch. He's talking to people. And then he finally checks the Facebook alert. It's somewhere deep in the thread. He's like, I checked the alert. I heard it was, I heard it as I was compiling and editing this post. This was the message. And it's a picture. Like, it's all dark except for a a thin slitted window with, like, the wires crisscrossed in it. And there's a a computer screen um, glowing in there. It's just, like, a vague room. You can't really tell what's going on. But, like, just looks like some, maybe a weird dorm room or something. Is it his Um, room? But he says, that's... yeah, he's like, that's my door. That's my computer. Oh. It's taken from it's it's taken from outside. I got the message three hours ago, but I didn't check it until now. I'm on my tablet in my garage. Zen for now. Going to drive to a friend's. Forgot to open the garage door in my panic, so building up the nerve to get out and do that now. And the last post on this account, it says, I should be scared. I've occasionally opened a heart. Just fucked up. It's very not me. She's more real to me in that state. Bum, bum, ba-na. He's dead. Yeah, he That's is. That's the last post. He died. He died. He died, and, like, his last post is very clearly constructed from his previous messages. So, guess what? Nathan's dead. What the fuck? His girlfriend could not let it go. Wow. Yeah, I that picture, oh, my God. That ugh, fucking creeps. 
creeps mm-hmm. to the max. Ooh, ugh. Mm-hmm. I hate it, but I love it. Chills. <laughs> Too spooky. <laughs> so good. Ooh. Well, that was fun. Yes. Oh my God, this episode is nearly two hours long. That's okay. Maybe we'll do like a part one, part two. <laughs> oh my God. Or there's a whole lot we need to edit out. Yeah, there's probably a whole lot. We did chat a lot in the beginning, and then we took a while to actually say our names. And yep. Ooh. Okay, let's do quick recommendations and then say goodbye. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> I recommend The Goose Game, the untitled Goose Game. It's available on Switch and maybe PC. I don't know. You get to be a goose, and you're just like a, a terror, a terror, a terrorizing thing. It has nothing to do with ghosts, but you're also just like kind of an asshole, which is kind of a ghost move. So therefore... <laughs> awesome. I recommend the other another no sleep Reddit that I had found. It's called Room Seven Thirty Three. I wanted okay. to do it, but it's like super long. So um, I've read it. It's really good. You should read it. Excellent. And they made a movie about it. So that's oh yeah, cool. you know nice. those are good. Yeah. We need to wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Do you have any spooky stories to tell us? Email us at theghosthose at gmail.com. We have Facebook pages and groups, The Ghost Hose, Instagram, Twitter, The Ghost Hose. Talk to us. <laughs> yeah, talk to us. We're lonely. We like hearing We've only from got you. our ghosts. <laughs> we only got our ghosts to keep us company. <laughs> Someone sent us a message the other day, and it was awesome. So cool. Thank you. <gasps> Somebody sent us a message? Yeah, I'll have to, oh. we'll talk about it after, but um, okay. it was very I exciting. I love when that I stuff happens. I always miss everything. It, cool. it was very easy to miss. I feel like Facebook pages, especially those inboxes are awful. But yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, cool. Well, okay. enough about Facebook. <laughs> we love you guys. Yeah. Happy Ghosttober. Keep it spooky. Mwah. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye, Ghosthouse. <gasps>